Thank you for supporting Daily Tech Headlines directly. Now begins your ad-free episode. This is the Sunday Science Supplement for August 1st. I'm Dr. Nikki Ackermans, and today we're back to break down one of the science headlines of the week. Last week, we talked about a chip designer arm and their newly designed processor core made of plastic rather than silicon. This was announced in the journal Nature, and they're calling it Plastic Arm. The chip is a flexible, fully functioning, binary-compatible M0 microcontroller with a die size 1,500 times the size of a silicon M0, running at just 29 kilohertz. Arm claims their chip is 12 times more powerful than other plastic designs. Grab some salsa and let's dip into some chip science. Arm's recent publication in Nature breaks down microprocessor history for us. The world's first commercially available microprocessor was created almost 50 years ago. A 4-bit CPU with 2,300 transistors made using 10 micrometer process technology in silicon. It was only able to perform simple arithmetic calculations. Today, 64-bit microprocessors have 30 billion transistors made using 7 nanometer process technology. This technology has come so far that nowadays microprocessors are everywhere, to the point of being called a meta-invention, as they're the base for many other inventions. Plastic processor cores have been in the works for almost a decade, and ARM has now published the methods for a fully functioning plastic core. Unlike conventional silicon, you can build flexible semiconductors on materials like paper, plastic, or foil that are coated with a thin film of semiconductor materials. ARM's flexible chip isn't the first, but it is the most complex we've seen this far. These thin film transistors, or TFTs, are cheaper to make and thinner than silicon wafers, although silicon has higher performance, density, and power efficiency. ARM says its processor is fully functional and has three major components. A 32-bit CPU, a 32-bit CPU, a 32-bit processor containing the CPU and its peripherals, and a system on a chip containing the processor, memories, and bus interfaces. These are all fabricated with metal oxide TFTs on a polyamide substrate, a type of flexible plastic less than 30 micrometers thick. These thin films can be printed onto flexible surfaces without degrading, unlike brittle silicon substrates. This allows for the possibility of cheap printing on materials like plastic and paper. The so-called plastic arm could run programs from internal memory, and it's 12 times more complex than previously integrated circuits built on flexible substrate, with 1,800 logic gates. This type of technology is facing many of the same challenges today that were first faced by the silicon technology back in 1970s, like high power consumption, large process variation, and poor noise margin. But it's only in its first iteration. For now, the chip is only able to run three test programs and the current memory doesn't allow for code changes or updates after fabrication. This may, however, become possible in future implementations through programmable ROM, for example. Plastic Arm is lauded as a first step towards low-cost, fully flexible smart systems that can facilitate an easier integration of the Internet of Everything. The idea would be to print chips onto things like milk bottles that detect spoilage with the aim to integrate chips into more than a trillion objects over the next decade. Because they are less efficient than silicon, however, 
They don't aim to replace those chips, but rather extend the reach of what we can do with different kinds of chips. Hopefully, they can integrate these into salsa jars and then let me know the right chip to salsa ratio. That would be some real innovation. For more discussion of the tech news of the day, subscribe to dailytechnewsshow.com and remember to rate and review the Daily Tech headlines wherever you get your podcasts. You can suggest which science headline you want me to cover next week by tweeting at dailytechnewssh. You can find me at Ackerman's Nicole on Twitter, and I also host a non-science podcast called Stories Your Granny Never Told. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time.